Good morning. It's Tuesday, June 22nd. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Many parts of the world are starting to get a tighter grip on COVID-19, but the pandemic is exploding just south of us. South America only has 5% of the global population, and yet it now accounts for a quarter of the global death toll. The Wall Street Journal has a team of reporters across the continent, and they're looking into how it became the world's new COVID danger zone. Each country is different, but there are some common themes. There are many dense cities, vaccinations have been slow, and powerful new variants are spreading there. In some countries, healthcare systems are overloaded. And the continent has higher rates of obesity than Africa and Asia. Stats show about 60 percent of people in the region are overweight. COVID tends to be more fatal for people who have a higher body mass index. The gamma strain emerged in Brazil. It's now aggressively spread throughout South America. It's more than twice as contagious as previous versions of this virus. Brazil's president, he downplayed the COVID threat, questioned lockdowns and face masks. And now he's facing a congressional inquiry over his handling of the pandemic and protests have broken out in the streets. Anger over how governments have addressed the pandemic is driving political upheaval in other countries, too. In Colombia, there have been violent demonstrations. In Peru, protests followed a bitter and divisive presidential election. Chile is in the process of writing a new constitution. The ripple effects of the pandemic in South America could be felt for years to come. People in New York City are starting the process of selecting a new mayor. They're casting ballots in a primary election today. Now, the outcome is tricky to predict because there's a big feel of candidates and also because this is going to be the highest profile race in America to use ranked choice voting. This method of voting is popping up all over the U.S. Yeah, here's how it's going to work in New York. Voters can list up to five candidates on their ballot in order of preference. After the polls close, the first choice votes are counted. If a candidate has more than 50 percent of first choice votes, that's it. That's the winner. But if not, the candidate in last place gets eliminated. And anyone who voted for them, their ballot gets counted for their second ranked choice. That process repeats until the final tally. So it's possible that a candidate who doesn't get the most first place votes could ultimately win. Vox looks at the growth of ranked choice voting. There's a lot of arguments for and against. So far, it's mostly been cities trying it, though Maine used it for its federal races in 2018, and Alaska rolls it out next year. Supporters argue it could help reduce polarization and negative campaigning. Some say centrist candidates squeezed out by a two-party system might have a better shot under ranked choice voting. Another benefit of this method is that we get definitive results without costly runoff elections. Now, a common critique of ranked choice voting is that it's too complicated. And this could be a disadvantage for voters who have limited English skills or anyone who hasn't had the system of voting explained to them. They could be more likely to make mistakes that would cause their ballots to get thrown out. Vox points out progressive Democrats and centrist candidates are generally the strongest fans of ranked choice. Establishment Democrats and Republicans often fight against it, but it's not clear whether it favors any particular party or ideology affects turnout 
or leads to more diverse winners. There just isn't enough data. And that's why this vote is not just about who runs New York City. It's the biggest test so far of a system that could transform American democracy. If you're more of a visual learner, we recommend that you check out the Wall Street Journal's explainer of ranked choice voting. It simulates how it works using a non-political but still very controversial topic, at least for New Yorkers, which is the best bagel order. (laughs) So we'll link to this in our show notes page in the Apple News app. Las Vegas Raider Carl Nassib says he's gay. He became the first active professional football player to come out yesterday. He let the world know in a video on Instagram. I just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. CNN has a roundup of reactions from the sports world. Nassib got supportive messages from the NFL commissioner, his team, and various athletes. Also from Jason Collins, who became the NBA's first openly gay player in 2014. Nassib's NFL career started in 2016. The defensive lineman joined the Raiders last year. Other pro football players have come out after retiring, but Nassib is the first to do so while actively playing in the league. In his video, he also said he's making a donation to the Trevor Project, which is an organization that provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBTQ youth. Nassib also said he hopes that at some point, coming out videos like his won't be necessary. This is a story about nuts. Earlier this month, a California pistachio company was checking over its supplies and realized 42,000 pounds of pistachios went missing. The company contacted law enforcement who tracked down the thief. And this is just the latest in a series of nut heists in California. Yeah, the Washington Post explains that nuts are sort of an ideal item to steal and resell for a couple of reasons. For one, they're a high-priced commodity. A truck full of nuts can be worth six figures. And they're non-traceable. They're not like expensive electronics, which have serial numbers. Nuts are really tricky for law enforcement to connect to a specific crime. And bandits, they sometimes use these complicated schemes to get their hands on nuts. In the past, thieves reportedly forged documents, created fake companies, and hacked computers in order to pose as legitimate nut truckers. They trick growers into thinking they're making legitimate pickups. Then they just load up the nuts and drive off quickly selling to retailers before anyone realizes the scam. This type of heist was on the rise between 2014 and 2017. More than $7.5 million worth of nuts were stolen during those years. But the farm industry has become savvy to some of these tactics that are being used. Some are using biometrics to now verify that their drivers are legit. In Hollywood, the thieves are usually after jewels and fine art, but in real-life California, the robbers are after the same stuff in your morning granola. All these stories and more are in the Apple News app, where you can keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Apple News. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.